Hey, Caps Lock. Caps Lock? Oh, I'm sorry. That was just a random word that came out of my mouth. Uh, no, actually, that wasn't a random <laughs> word. I looked down at my keyboard and I saw Caps Lock. I'm a really bad number generator. It's like uh, it's like that joke in Anchorman where he's like, I like lamp. I haven't seen that movie. but Are you serious? <laughs> what, okay, we're, you're listening to Linear Digressions. I actually haven't seen Anchorman, but I, I did see the trailer, and I did see a clip. Uh, I'm from San Diego, and mm-hmm. it's it's a clip of uh, I don't know what the character's name is on Ron Burgundy. Lo- Ron Burgundy on local San Diego news with the most lame headlines ever, and I can attest that yes, indeed, San Diego local news is exactly like that. <laughs> There's never anything interesting. I am weirdly heartened by that. I'm really glad you told me that. So, okay, this is a completely random topic. Let's get back to the actual topic, which is randomness. Oh, right, yeah. This is just something that I think is so cool that I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might remember we were talking a little bit uh, in the context of the Metropolis-Hastings algorithm and Markov chain Monte Carlo, things like this. Mm-hmm. Simulations that you run for yourself that's based on random numbers. And the random numbers are supposed to reflect the, the idea that there's like kind of randomness in the world. And... Uh, there was something that was kind of sitting under the surface all along as we were saying that, and I want to address it explicitly now, which is how do you take a computer, which is a deterministic machine, and get it to give you a random number, air quotes around the word random, which is supposed to be random, right? Uh, okay, wait. So deterministic, let's define that first. What, what does that mean that a computer is a deterministic machine? It means that... That it, it can't be random? Basically, yeah. Hmm. Um, I mean... If it gets the same input, it will always give the same output unless it's internal state changes, but there's there's no real... There's nothing inherently random about the way a computer processes, and therefore the computer cannot be random. Yeah, you, you put that really well. That's right, yeah, that computers are good at running algorithms. And so if you can give it, uh, say, an input that's truly random, then it can take that and turn it, yeah. Mm. But that if you just let it sit there and sort of spin on its own, then it's gonna move through things in a predetermined way. And what you get out isn't going to be, it might look random if you do it well, but it's not gonna be truly random. So what, I guess let's go through some examples of why randomness is actually really important, where true randomness is important. I mean, sure, yeah. one obvious example is security. So if you're trying to, let's say, encrypt a hard drive, you want to make that um, that encryption of the hard drive based on something that really is not calculatable from yeah. someone else. Yeah. So either an internal state that only you can possibly know about or some actual random noise. Uh, and actually, there are a lot of other examples in security as to why. Um, can you give me some other examples, though, outside of security? Uh, sure. So in physics, for example, we um, when we generate the Monte Carlo, our random simulations for ourselves, it would be a real problem for us if, let's say, um, we're pretending that, that each Monte Carlo event is a bunch crossing, and there's some pattern in the Monte Carlo that every 10th bunch crossing, uh, we generate a Higgs for ourselves, right? Because then if we use that fake data to train our search algorithms. Our search algorithms are just going to say like, oh, look every 10th bunch crossing, you'll find it. Mm, Which is a problem. I see. So you're creating algorithms that are trying to pick out patterns. And if you have any patterns, even teeny little patterns in your training data, then the algorithm will optimize for those patterns or can. Yes, yes. 
Wow, so, that's tricky. Yeah, so you have to be pretty pretty careful about it. I remember when I was an undergrad and I was learning a little bit about like numerical integration and differentiation and things like this, these computational methods. And my professor at the time said that the best random number generator in the world was based at CERN. And I don't know if that was true. I don't know if that still is true. He seemed fundamentally confused about what CERN actually was. So it <laughs> might not be true. <laughs> um, but we, we do have some you know pretty, pretty good uh, standard random number generators. So as it turns out, there are algorithms that exist in the world that are very good at giving you not truly random numbers, but random numbers that um, satisfy many of the same properties as okay. random numbers. So good enough. Random numbers that are random-ish, but good enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good enough for government work, as we say. <laughs> so, wow. and, and basically the way that these work is you have little functions that uh, you set a seed, you give it a number, and so that's sort of where it starts. The starting number, yeah. Yeah, and it takes that number, multiplies it by usually a large prime number, and then takes the modulus of that with another large prime number. And as it happens, usually when you do that, you get out something that's way different. Um, and there can still sometimes be little patterns in these. Like, so some of the ones that I was looking at uh, have the tendency to alternate between odd, even, odd, even. And it looks like the numbers are kind of all over the place, but that is like a pattern that always um, repeats. So sometimes you have several of these algorithms that are all computing these like pseudo random numbers at the same time, and then you have algorithms that kind of Put them together to get something that looks a little bit more random. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so these this class of algorithms is called the um, the Mersenne twister, which I think is an oh, awesome name. That's a really cool name for. Yeah. A, I mean, you think okay, algorithm, math, whatever, boring, but Mersenne twister sounds pretty cool. It uh, sounds like a drink. I think it sounds like a like a supervillain. It also sounds like a roller coaster to me. The Mersenne twister. That's a good idea. A supervillain with a mustache or without. I was thinking some kind of like Lady X-Men villain or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, they uh, are built on top of large prime numbers. Okay. And as it happens, there's a certain type of prime number called a Mersenne prime. And that's where the name comes from. So what about when pseudo-random numbers are not good enough? Right. If you Let's say you're trying to do something that's super high-end, like a very high-end like finance simulation or something. And even the very good Mersenne random numbers aren't good enough. So then what you would do... So you have to go outside of the computer to yeah. an external source? Yeah. So like one, one example that comes to mind is cosmic background radiation. Because it, oh, seems, yeah. it seems like as random as you can get in a way. Uh, cosmological processes are pretty random. There's one problem with cosmic rays, uh, which is that if you're detecting something like a muon, which would be the natural choice, this is a little bit of physics nerd, but if oh, you have go. something, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're good for one thing, Katie, you know a lot of physics. Um, <laughs> you're if good you have, <laughs> If you have like a one square meter collection area and you're just looking at cosmic ray muons, it's you're gonna, big. You're, yeah, you're gonna get something that's like one a second, order of magnitude, like maybe 10 a second if it's like, Really so nice. so not very much. So you're not going to get that much, yeah. You don't have much data, so you can't really generate as much random noise as you might want. It's not like a factory production, you know, random number generator. It's going to give you like a blip every, you know, fraction of a second. So you want something that's going to be a little bit faster. But when you get that blip, will be truly random. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so you want something that's going to be a little bit faster, but I like your idea of using 
uh, sort of physics quantities that are fundamentally random. I thought you'd like that. I'm a real sucker for physics. So, so what else is there? Uh, so what they end up using is uh, radioactive isotopes, which oh. decay according to the laws of uh, quantum mechanics. And quantum mechanics is inherently kind of fuzzy and probabilistic, and there's never a way of deterministically sort of saying when something quantum mechanical is going to happen by like the fundamental laws of physics. So if you have a little, say, blob of something that's a little bit radioactive and a little sensor around it that can detect when it decays, then you can use those decays to feed in, you know, hook it up via a USB port or something to your computer. <laughs> that's so cool. And it tells your computer when something random happens, and then it can roll that into its uh, calculations. Just like the idea that this is my random number generator and you pull it out of your backpack and Dude, you hook it in with it USB. it used to be even better than That's that. It's crazy. Like back in the day before they sort of had the technology to make them, you know, small, they used to just publish books of random numbers. What? Someone would be in charge of like somehow, I don't know, just sitting there with like pairs of dice or something and just making random numbers. Oh my gosh, And really? then you would just hard code those in or you would sit there with the book and they had generated them by some like weird physical process. They were completely not correlated with each other. They were completely random. And then you just plug them into your calculations. That is so crazy. Yeah. Randomness is kind of more complicated than I thought. Isn't it? I think it's so fascinating. So not exactly machine learning, but... But our name is Linear Digression, so there you uh, go. <laughs> that's a good point. Linear Digressions is a podcast about data science and machine learning, produced and recorded in the studios of Udacity a company dedicated to education. We've got some awesome courses made by people like Katie and me in data science and other tech fields. We should also remind you that all views expressed during this program were those of the speakers and not of Udacity. This is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you don't mind, leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you next time.